Take your Bible, if you have a Bible, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's just maybe talk about this for a second here this evening and, and uh, not be long, but um, j- just talk about our giving a little bit. And you, you're perhaps familiar that 2 Corinthians 8, 9, part of 10 uh, is all about giving and, uh, and, and the giving would be, I think that the, the reason for that is found in chapter number um, 10 and verse 16, to preach uh, the gospel in the regions beyond you, okay? So, so we have this idea in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10 of, of, of giving to get the gospel to the regions beyond you. And, and I would think that that would be classified then as missions giving, and we, we will not go through all of this. I'm going to believe that at some time or another, your pastor has gone through 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 and verse by verse and taught you that sort of stuff or, uh, or will. But I want to look at, at one verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and I want you to look at verse number 15, because, because he really is wrapping up the thoughts there of the Macedonian example of giving and the challenge to the Corinthian church there. And he says in verse number 15 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And I, and I think when we consider uh, missions and missions giving, uh, this is a, not only a challenge, but a reason why we give. But why do we give? Well, we give because we're thankful unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now, throughout the scriptures, thanksgiving is spoken of from, from beginning to the end. And uh, we have such perhaps even memorized scriptures as, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto his name, O Most High. We, we know First Thessalonians 5 and verse number 18. In everything, give thanks. Right? We, I mean, well, many of us have that memorized. If we don't, we could. In everything, give thanks. Uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, look at Colossians chapter number uh, 4, if you would here. Colossians chapter number 4, just over a, a couple pages. And he's really giving a, you know, uh, excuse me, Colossians in chapter number 3. And he's talking about all that you have in the uh, new man. And he's gone through several doctrines. And then he gets down to verse number 15 of Colossians chapter 3. And he says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body. And notice, and be ye thankful. Just the the command and the idea of thanksgiving is all throughout the scriptures and the apostle Paul sums up these thoughts really on a giving to get the gospel to the regions beyond with thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Paul uh, many times in his uh, epistles uh, to the churches or to Timothy and Titus he would he would give thanks and Paul here in this passage he gives thanks to God and here qualifies it for his unspeakable gift and you know I think the question should be asked do I and I and I would pose the question to you do you do do you give thanks to God for his unspeakable gift and 
the, the fact that he says that it's unspeakable uh, is not that it shouldn't be spoken about. Uh, the fact that it's unspeakable is that it cannot be adequately described. Now look, if you would, over to James, if you would, please. James chapter 1. And what we find all throughout the scriptures, again, is the fact that uh, the, Lord is a, the Lord is a giver. Right? I mean, yeah, I don't, maybe you've heard the saying that you can't outgive God. You can't. Why is that? Because the Lord is a giver. He gives and he gives and he gives and he gives and he gives. And that's what the Lord does. And James speaks about this a little bit here in James chapter number 1. And look at verse number 17. James says, every good gift... And every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. See, see so, so God, he, he says, James calls him the Father of lights. God is a, he's a giver. Uh, when uh, Luke is writing, uh, Acts and he records how that Paul said, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Acts 20 and verse 35, he says, How he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, what we know about God is he is more blessed. Why? Because he is the greatest giver. He can't outgive God. And God's giving, I would say, emanates from his love. Someone said you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Let me say that again. It's something that's been said before. But again, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. John 3.16, a verse you're probably familiar with, for God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God, God, God gave his only begotten son, but he didn't stop there. That's not where it started. It didn't stop there. We, we even see here in James chapter 1, notice the verse again, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And notice, notice the wording here. And notice, cometh down. Cometh. It didn't stop. It's still, I don't know if this is proper English, but it still cometh down. T- today, it cometh down. If the sun comes up tomorrow, it cometh down. If it doesn't, and we're with the Lord, well, we're going up. But he came down to meet us. And I'm just saying, it cometh down, and that is that God continually, constantly, all the time gives. Look over to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. And and look at verse number 24. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 24 as Paul describes the Lord here. He says in Acts 17 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Seeing, notice now, seeing he, notice, giveth. 
That's what he does. T today, he giveth to all life and breath. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of, kind of, et cetera here. It's kind of like, I got to stop somewhere. This message may be getting long. So he just says, all things. He, he giveth to all life. Y you have it. Right? I mean, we, you have it. Right? You have life. And you have breath right now. And we, look, this is not a guilt trip. This is not, shame on you for not thinking about this. We don't think about our breath. We maybe should think about it a little bit more when we're talking to people. But, but we don't think about breathing. Don't think about breathing. But the life and the breath and all things. They come from God, who, here it says, it says he constantly and continually and all the time, he giveth and he giveth and he giveth to all, to all, to all. Life to you, life and to you breath and to you all things. And God is a giver and God gives and God is a, God's a good giver. I, I should have had you keep your place in James if you haven't. Just, just mark it there real briefly in James chapter number 1. And I, I promise we'll get to the missions fair here, here very shortly. But look at James in chapter 1 again. And he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. Notice, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God, God's a good giver. He's a good giver. No, no variableness. No, no shadow of turning. And uh, the Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? In Romans, Paul says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He gives and he gives to us and no variableness and no turning. And he's not repentant of those gifts. He knows who he gave them to. He knows why he gave them to you. He was very purposeful in giving them to you. No variableness, no turning. God's a giver and God's a, a good giver. And then because of all that, God gives, you're still in James, good gifts. Good gifts. Man, I, don't know, I don't know about you, but I mean... I like gifts. Even better than that, I like good gifts. Even better than that, just right there in James chapter 1, perfect gifts. And, and that's what the Lord gives. The, the Lord gave to you good gifts. We, we quoted this morning, Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, if, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts under your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, which is in heaven, give you give good things to them that ask him? Uh, he says in Luke 11, similarly, if, the, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And, and I would say from Genesis to Revelation, the mentions of gifts that God has given us and good gifts that God has given us are too numerous to mention. Yeah. 
Why? Why? Because God is a giver and God continually gives. And he gives with no variableness and no turning. He gives good gifts and then he gives, I mean, this, this is where it really gets even better, perfect gifts. Exactly what you need, when you need it, all the time. Per- perfect gifts. Some of us all gotten gifts and we looked at that thing and we've said, we're going to re-gift this. And re-gift. And uh, they had good intention in mind, and and uh, but just just wasn't it for whatever reason. Maybe maybe you got something and, and you looked at it and it was either this big or it was this big. It didn't fit. Maybe a good gift, a good idea, but not perfect. And the Bible says about our Lord that he gives good gifts and he gives perfect gifts. Just a few mentions here. The Bible says in Psalm 19, verse 7, that the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. We won't read the rest of it. But it's all about the word of God. And so, so the Lord, in his very uh, capability is able to give us a perfect gift. It's just, it's just a perfect gift. You see, you mentioned that this morning. I want to tell you again, you have a perfect gift right here. He, he gave you a, a perfect gift in his word. Uh, the Bible says a, a verse in Isaiah 26 and verse 3, uh, maybe one that you've uh, memorized or one that you've heard in a time of trouble. He says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace because his mind is, uh, his mind is stayed on, because he trusteth in thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You know what the Lord says? I'll give you a perfect peace. We, we know that the world has a peace that it offers, and Christ clearly said, not, I give a peace not as the world giveth, give I unto you. But what does the Lord give? He gives a, a perfect peace to us. The Bible says in 1 John 4, in verse number 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You know what the Lord did? He said, I'll give you a perfect Love in the perfect person, the perfect man, Christ Jesus. Our Savior. The perfection of perfection. Who tempted and was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without, without sin. Ne- never one time. I mean, have you ever thought about that? I mean, just, just to, I want you to think about it just for a second. Not too long. We got missions fair, but but a little. I mean, just not not one time. Never once sinned. <laughs> you ever tried that? You should. I was reading Doc the other day, and he said, "Just try for ten minutes not sinning. If you get to ten, try twenty. And if you get to 20, try 40. And, and then 80. And I lost because math is bad after that. I went to public school. 160. 320. What, what am I saying? 
Jesus Christ, I don't think, had to process it. But at the same time, when sin came his way, and it was, tempted in all points like as we are. What is that? Lust the flesh, lust the eyes, pride of life. Never once, never ever. You know, what what is he? He He's the perfect man. What are we talking about? We're talking about the perfect gifts that God gives us. Here's what Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 18 says, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. You know, one day the Lord's given us a perfect day. We say that sometimes without processing it all the way. This, this, this is a perfect day. You know, that has a different meaning to everybody. Right? That to you might mean 74 degrees and then six mile an hour wind and I, I don't know. Just one cloud in the sky, three clouds. It just, if we asked everybody, that would be a little bit different, but that's not what he's talking about. We're one day coming unto a perfect day where there will be no more night. There'll be no more pain and no more sorrow and no more sickness and no more death. You see, what is this? This is the perfect God that gives good gifts, but not just good gifts. He gives perfect gifts. And, 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 and get this, they're free. They're free. Do you ever um, get a gift and, you know, as they're excited to give it to you and they hand you the gift and, you know, it's a gift, right? It's a free gift. And then you tear it open and then assembly required. Mm. Or batteries not included. Now, if that's a gift for your young child, that's awesome. But if it's a flashlight, it's not. You know, you know, you know what the Lord does? He says, this, this is a free gift. And listen, I've thought of everything. And it will cost you, listen, I, I, look, I understand discipleship and all, it costs, but it costs me everything and it is freely given to you. It's a free gift. For preaching's sake, look at Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, and we have this emphasis here on the free gift, and we should read it because it's important to us. It is our salvation, and so much more. In Romans chapter 5, and verse number 15, the Bible says, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Romans 5.15, for if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Good news right here. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Hey, through Jesus Christ. He took our many offenses. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And he gave us the free gift of God, which is eternal life. 
It's the free gift. What are we talking about? We're talking about every good gift and every perfect gift. It cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And uh, Paul says, thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Go back here to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. We won't take time to exposit chapter 8 and 9. But, but in these chapters, Paul has spoken to the church at Corinth and speaks to us today about the grace of giving, which is based upon the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, for you know, you know. Paul spent about 18 months there at least at Corinth, and he said, you know. You, you know what I taught you. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And he goes on and he continues to talk about the Lord, and then he talks about uh, the giving here. And I, I want you to look at verse number 5 of chapter 9. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. We're, we're coming to get it. We're coming to get the offering. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, Hope Baptist Church, every man, every person in here tonight, every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. How? Not grudgingly. I mean, you don't have to fake it but not grudgingly. Uh, there, there's a church over in Spokane, Washington, and once a year, I, I believe it's at their missions conference, and they, they take an amen offering. And, you know, if, if someone puts in a 20, the usher goes, amen! You know, if someone puts in a 50, hallelujah! You know, and so 100 and so on and so forth, and just... And uh, they give cheerfully, and they give hilariously, and they have just a grand old time. No, we're not going to do that tonight. <laughs> We've never done it in our church. All right? And, and probably aren't. But the idea is not grudgingly notice, or of necessity, I gotta. You don't gotta. You get a. He says, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I get to give. You get to give. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4. You're laboring. You have to give. You have to give. And if you put the emphasis on the syllable, I learned that from Pastor Sowell. You have to give. You have to give or you have to give. And he says, and God is able, isn't he? Come on, is God able? 
hey, you, don't have to, you don't have to lie, but I'm just telling you he is. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. I'm going to skip to verse 11. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causeth through us thanksgiving to God for the administration of this service not only supplieth the one of the saints but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. When, when the brother was talking about $10,000 and $10,000 and $10,000, you know what it did? It supplied a service, but I guarantee you many thanksgivings to God were offered and still are. And by the way, it wasn't just for the $10,000 gifts. And he says, verse 13, whilst by the experiment of this administration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men and by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. And then he wraps it up. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Unspeakable because of its immensity. It's huge. It's huge. It's perfect and it's good and it's free and it's it's huge. It's diversity. What do you mean? Every kindred, every tongue, every people, every nation, the Jew, the Greek, the bond, the free, the male, the female, all can get in. And it's longevity. It's eternal. And it is the gift that should keep on being given. And so, maybe you sit there tonight and you go, hmm, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know about this faith, promise, commitment, mission. I, I don't know. I don't know about it. Let me tell you one of the greatest reasons why to participate in a, in a missions program through a local church is just to be thankful. Freely you have received. Freely. Give. And give thanks unto God for his unspeakable, unspeakable gift. Let's pray.